Time now for the morning line here on KMA. With the new year well underway, Congress is back in session. Iowa Congressman Randy Feenstra is with us on the line this morning with an update on uh, some of the activities of the nation's capital and some things he's been working on. Good morning to you, Congressman. Hey, good morning, Mike. Great to be on KMA today. Good to have you with us. And uh, first of all, as we speak, as we record this, it is Thursday morning. And Congress is facing the deadline to pass that stopgap spending measure to avoid a partial government shutdown. Again, uh, again, uh, you know, we don't want to date ourselves here, but uh, what are your thoughts? And what are you hearing about the possibility of avoiding a shutdown? Do you think the, the Congress, the U.S. House will be available, uh, will be able to do this rather? Well, I'll just say this. We need to get our fiscal house in order, and we've kicked the can down the road twice. This would be the third time, and I'm tired. I mean, uh, you know, I, I supported the first one saying, hey, you know, well, we, we, we've got to figure out, we've got to get a plan. And we, we took a plan, and that plan got derailed. Now, now we're doing the same thing. So I'm very frustrated. Uh, right now, I am not in support of, of uh, another uh, uh, continuing resolution. I mean, we've got to come to the table. We've got to get this done. And uh, we just cannot continue to kick that, this can down the road. More importantly, the, the, to me, the hottest topic is securing the border. And uh, we've got to be also talking about that. How do we secure the border and get our fiscal house in order? And that's what I'm working with right now. One of the uh, contentions about this particular bill or the proposal that's been floating around is that the funding for Ukraine and backing Ukraine in the continuing war against Russia is not included or at least was not included in at least one version. What are your thoughts on that? Should there be some funding there to help Ukraine as they continue to try to ward off uh, Vladimir Putin and Russia? Well, the first thing that we have to do is secure our own border, and, and, and that's what's not talked about. Uh, you know, we talk about Ukraine and, and what's going on there, which is horrible. But uh, we also have to understand what's happening with 10,000 illegals coming across our border every single day. And the fentanyl coming through, the terrorists coming through. I mean, this is some scary stuff. And, and it's not being addressed by this administration. Biden does not care. And, and we've got to resolve this first. Also, uh, there's uh, other components of that measure. What else would you vote for besides funding for border security? What else would you want to see as far as a stopgap measure is concerned? Yeah, again, for me, it's building the wall. I mean, we got to start with building the wall. we got to make sure that, that we build the wall. We have to make sure uh, that, that we, we get our fiscal house in order. Um, you know, uh, again, it, it's also about patrol, uh, uh, when they're on the border right now, our border patrols, these are brave men and women that are doing their job, but uh, we don't have enough of them, and there's just so many issues. I was down in San Diego several months ago, and I saw it firsthand, uh, how, what's happening. And, and, you know, it's scary stuff, all the fentanyl and drugs that are coming across, and they have very little help uh, supporting and getting things done over there. One of the bills I know you've been active in trying to push in Congress involves Sarah's Law. It names, it's named after Sarah Root, a 21-year-old from Council Bluffs who was struck a few years ago and killed in Omaha by an illegal immigrant who was driving drunk. Uh, the bill would require an illegal immigrant to remain in jail if criminally charged with killing or seriously injuring another person in jail. You, along with Iowa Senator Joni Ernst, have been at the forefront of this in Congress. Where is that bill right now? What's its status? Yeah, it's currently in committee right now, in judiciary. We're trying to get it moved. 
Uh, we've talked to all the parties involved, uh, both the Senate and the House. Uh, everybody would like to move it. Obviously, it has become a partisan bill. Anything that has to do with illegal immigration, uh, meaning that, I mean, this is very simple, that if somebody does a crime in the U.S. that's illegal, that they should be put in jail and stay in jail instead of getting uh, uh, deported to Mexico. And that's what happened here. This person got released uh, and, and never, be, never was seen from again. Killed the person and was released. And that's not right, and, and that's what we're fighting for. Uh, I personally met with Michelle Root, and she deserves justice. I mean, her daughter was tragically killed by an illegal, um, you know, a drunk driver. Uh, you know, this is just not right. It's shameful. And, and so we are working with the judiciary to try to get this bill moved. We've had a lot of discussions about it, and we're hopefully in the next uh, six weeks or so that we get this done. You say this has become a partisan bill. What what are the roadblocks that you've encountered in trying to get this bill through Congress? Well, any any time we, we talk about illegals and open borders and and, and going down this this prosecutorial route, um, it is just a roadblock for the Democrats. They do not want to touch anything to do with illegals, and, and that's just so frustrating. I mean, this is absolutely to me common sense that if if I don't care who it is, if somebody kills somebody, they should be held accountable. We're talking with uh, Congressman Randy Feenstra this morning on the morning line here on KMA. You have also been uh, working on another bill that would expand EMS services in rural communities. This is something that's a concern, I know, in Shenandoah, Page County, and other areas right now in our listening area. Just kind of explain what the bill is all about for those who are unfamiliar with this. Yeah, this is so important in in rural Iowa. I was an EMT for 15 years. And, you know, volunteer. And when you're a volunteer, you have to put in, you know, to, before you become an EMT, you got to create or put in 130 hours worth of, of studies. Uh, and then you have to update your studies every every year, you know, 35 hours worth. I mean, it is extreme. So it, it's hard for our small rural communities to have volunteer EMS. And what this bill does is give some funding uh, to help EMS get established and, and help those that are going through uh, the process of, uh, getting uh, their licenses. So this is a 20% uh, grant uh, to, to be deployed to rural communities, 20% of it. It's, it's up to, uh, there's a total of $5 million in this pool right now, and, and uh, communities can access it and get a small grant to help out their volunteer EMS or to get something started if they need uh, equipment. Uh, this is out there, and it's through Health and Human Services, and I just think it's a big deal that we can help our rural communities with some EMS funding. From your standpoint, what kind of a, a situation are EMS services in our smaller communities facing right now? The police, fire, the first responders, what sort of uh, obstacles and what sort of challenges are they facing based on your standpoint? Yeah, well, it's very dire. Uh, just the lack of volunteers at this point. Uh, it just we have created so many rules and regulations uh, to be a EMT, to be a first responder, to be a fireman. Uh, it is so tough, and that's created this massive shortage. There's over forty-two thousand EMS shortage uh, in, in our country right now, and same thing with volunteer firefighters. Uh, the cost and the amount of commitment is that is needed is just incredible and that's what really has created a problem in our small communities and that's why we got to do everything we can to help advocate and make sure that we we get volunteers and 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 create the opportunity for them to be successful 
Also, another bill that you've been working on, uh, kind of in staying in line with law enforcement, is the Bill Honoring Police Officer and Canine Services Act. Could you kind of describe what uh, this bill is all about, if you will? Yeah, again, this bill honors our service dogs, uh, the canine units. I mean, they, they help out our police department. Uh, they're like one of them. And this legislation establishes uh, and authorizes $5 million grant to help with these dogs retire. And what's happening right now, we're seeing it all over the country, especially in rural America, is the dogs retire, but it's, it's costly for vet bills uh, to their handlers and things like that. And this simply says we're going to take care of these canines that, that uh, has helped our sheriff's departments uh, when they retire for paying vet bills. Uh, again, just taking care of the animal and making sure that they get treated right after they retire. What sort of support is there for this particular bill in the House? Where is this at right now? Yeah, this is really bipartisan support. Uh, it was great. I visited with Ida County Sheriff's Office, touring with 34 counties, and, and you know they said this is a great thing. They have several canine unit or canine dogs, and you know they said it's always difficult for that handler uh, when the dog retires who pays the bills. So there's a lot of support around rural Iowa right now for this because so many of the departments have canine units along with the outside support. I mean, there's so National Police Association, National Sheriff's Association, federal law enforcement officials, everybody's supporting this because they see it's a true need. How valuable do you believe canine officers are in uh, today's law enforcement uh, uh, situation? Oh, they're, they're invaluable in, in finding, tracking, seizing drugs, finding missing people, detaining criminals. I mean, these dogs do so much. And uh, we got to take care of them. I mean, they really help well help our, our rural sheriff's departments because all of a sudden, instead of having several police officers, you can have a dog that can help out, uh, and, and that's very significant. Well, Congressman, we thank you very much for being with us this morning, and uh, we will talk to you again uh, somewhere down the line. And uh, hopefully you stay warm there and stay out of the snow in D.C., and we'll talk to you later. Absolutely, Mike. It's always great to be on KMA. Thank you. That's Iowa Congressman Randy Feenstra, the morning line on KMA.